Radio Live, powered by TCS Wi-Fi. Time once again for Tech Thursday, and he was so popular last week, we brought him back. Kane, how's it going? Hi, Ian. Great to be back. Thanks for having me again. I'm so glad I got to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you so much for your time once again. It's nice to have you back on Tech Thursday. And today we're actually doing a follow-up on last week's edition where we talk about WhatsApp. And last week we were talking about the privacy policy changes and kind of scary stuff, how they're spying on us. I don't know, nothing strange has happened to me. Uh, maybe to you, Kane? No, nothing yet, Dave. We're holding... <laughs> Really, really too much. Holding my phone really, really close to my ear, though, trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> but um, yes, so obviously uh, WhatsApp uh, sort of said, "Okay, now we're backtracking on our decision to force you to accept the uh, updated." terms of service because what they said was that uh, after the I think it was the 8th of February if you haven't accepted it then uh, obviously they'll suspend your account but uh, they backtrack now because uh, everybody was moving away from it as we mentioned last week and uh, those uh, privacy policy changes led to competitors such as uh, Telegram and Signal that we spoke about seeing a growth spurt as the consumers searched for alternatives I haven't noticed it with my personal contacts have you noticed people disappearing off whatsapp no and i suspect whatsapp that's what the, that's the last thing whatsapp would want to be able to be visible to their to their um, or, uh, to their user base but what i have noticed is on signal and telegram you get notification every single time someone joins mm. that has you in their contacts and those have been firing off i'll tell you at an mm. unprecedented rate <laughs> sure okay so you definitely have a lot of contacts joining signal but they still have whatsapp they still have whatsapp and telegram and signal i think everyone just doesn't know which one is better at this point but there is there, there will be a clear winner and it's the it's the it's the the company that does the most for what the users want and that's where we're going to see it move over the next few months i think who are you rooting for personally personally i would give the title to anyone that puts my privacy above everything else whether it's advertisers or whatever as long as their policies are stringent and uh, mm. i can rest assured in the privacy of my data and, and it goes further than just a conversation you know we share private details such as passwords and account details over whatsapp and you would want that to be as secure as possible and and there has been cases where certain group chats even can be indexed by Google. So it's a it's a WhatsApp inability to keep their data as private as private as possible. And it happens all the time. But those are the kind of things I'm going to look out for, for the person that's going to be my number one go-to, I think. Kane, I see that a lot of tech experts are calling uh, this whole WhatsApp thing the biggest digital migration in history. Do you think that could be correct or is that also a bit of uh, an exaggeration? No, I think that's absolutely correct. I don't think many platforms other than the occasional financial platform that see such a quick exit of users mm. from their platform. And uh, yeah, it really shines here in this case. My gosh. Because uh, Telegram's 
Pavel Durov claimed the app surge in users had accelerated even further following it passing 500 million users. That was in the first week of January 2021. And with that milestone, Telegram reached a quarter of the number of users that WhatsApp had in 2020 when it stood at 2 billion. So uh, they're also saying that, uh, what, around 1.5 million new daily signups on Telegram. Now, I wonder what Signal is looking like. Uh, They didn't mention anything here about Signal, but I'm pretty sure it's similar, if not more. Absolutely. I mean, there's also bad information out there about um, Telegram. So, I mean, the person who's adamantly looking up is going to kind of end up um, around Signal. Personally, I, I, I really enjoy Telegram um, as, as an alternative to even to WhatsApp. I prefer Telegram just for some of the features that they have. Mm. And uh, I've, be- I've grown to become quite annoyed when someone calls me on WhatsApp and they have bad signal. <laughs> like, I wish they would just call me on normal on the normal phone because yeah. sometimes it can be a serious delay and it's impossible to communicate. It is one of my pet peeves, I must tell you. Uh, talking to somebody uh-huh. on, on WhatsApp call and you would think with our advanced internet technology and fiber rollouts everywhere nowadays that people would have you know at least crystal clear whatsapp phone call quality but they don't and they break up and then you talk over them and it it just results in this terrible mess and then you just like oh gosh no uh cheers <laughs> actually has a very, telegram actually has a very interesting way of dealing with that and they change it's all got comes down to the type of connection that is established between two people regardless of whether it's true or not um and tele- the way that telegram connects when you're using whatsapp what you would recognize is when someone's cutting out you miss portions of the speech mm. um and you kind of got to connect about yourself whereas telegram when there's an unstable connection it'll kind of take as much it'll take a second to compile the, the information that it's lost and it'll deliver to you at a little bit of a faster rate so if i'm talking to you and i cut out and i come back three seconds later it'll come back kind of all at once but you'll just be able to actually audibly make it out so in that way it, it kind of deals a little bit differently mm. at connection but ultimately the best connection when it comes to calls is still in my opinion hands down unless your internet connection is good it's um mobile calling you know just the, the standard traditional call. yes normal calling yeah because we get so used to whatsapp calling i'm so used to it now that when i do a normal call I'm like damn this is good because no no delay or anything it's just really good um so i actually prefer that obviously that costs you money to do um instead of whatsapp call being free yeah you got to use it for the right people you know yeah (laughs) business man business (laughs) okay well that's it for the uh, whatsapp segment uh, today we'll see what happens next week uh they're probably up to some mischief as we speak but um the next thing and i know this is like really something that you like to talk about kane uh, because uh, as we see on on YouTube, for example, you have a lot of uh, videos about cryptocurrencies. Now, I see South Africa is uh, preparing to regulate cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, as uh, the number of people investing in crypto assets are rapidly increasing. How do you feel about that? Interestingly enough, uh, regulation has always been something that's on the horizon for cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, and 
I remember when when I was just starting out in cryptocurrency and kind of learning my way around, I had a very interesting conversation with someone who was already in cryptocurrency. And he said to me, he said, at the moment, because it was about 2015, 2016, he says, at the moment, there is a, a lack of regulation around cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and other and other cryptocurrencies. And it's up to people to regulate themselves and to declare for themselves to the government and pay tax and do whatever they can do. Because if they don't, there's going to be forced regulation and regulation will happen no matter what. And, it, and in a way, I've learned that it's it, regulation is almost unavoidable in the sense that there's always going to be someone who's trying to take advantage of the lack of regulation, whether it's money laundering yeah. or any kind of illegal activity. They, that's where they strive to be. So it's, it is a very complex, it is a very complex thing to try and um, prepare for. But I suspect regulation should be there to help people who are utilizing the technology for the right reasons and to hinder people that are using it for the wrong reasons. So there is hope for regulation, however severe it is, is still yet to be determined. Mm. Good answer, Kane. Now, um, one Bitcoin as we speak equals in the region of 516,000 South African Rand or almost 517,000 South African Rand. That's a lot for one Bitcoin. I never realized that a Bitcoin is, is, is worth that much. Yeah, it's it's really, it's really mooned. We call it mooning. Um, it's really um, gone up a lot especially over the course of you know the last month or two and i actually have some stats here for us so over the last year from 2020 if january all the way to 2020 start of december bitcoin's price rose about 24 percent and then from the beginning of december till now the price has risen over 90 percent so you can see that a, a, a large volume of this increase is happening almost like over the last two months and uh, Bitcoin does go on these bull runs, but interestingly enough, there is a few factors that are playing a role, which is, is causing Bitcoin's price to skyrocket so significantly. And if you go around looking for someone to give you the answer as to you know how high will it go, when will it go down? Right now, this is new uncharted territory for Bitcoin. We haven't seen it here. We've seen it at a hundred dollars. Um, or a thousand rand and now we're seeing it at 500,000 rand and we've seen it at other highs but this is the highest high that we've ever seen it and uh, yeah it, it's definitely got some attention that's for sure well I'm seeing here that um, the price of Bitcoin obviously as you mentioned has skyrocketed over the uh, last year increasing from a hundred and five thousand Rand, 105,000 South African Rand in uh, January last year to over 600,000 Rand earlier this year. That's a massive, massive jump. Now, this has attracted renewed interest in uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies with more investors exploring it as a potential asset class. Uh, many Bitcoin bulls, now I don't know what they mean. <laughs> by bitcoin bulls can you just tell me what do they mean by bitcoin bulls is that like some kind of slang or 
really it is it is quite a you know a terminology minefield when you first come into cryptocurrency yep. so some one term that you'll hear about is bulls and and you'll also hear bears and it has to do with which direction the market is moving so when we see the market moving up or in an upward trend we say it's a bull market and when the market is moving down or in a downward trend we call it a bear market Ah, you see. Thank you. So many Bitcoin bulls like Fundstrat managing partner Tom Lee and Cameron Tyler Winklevoss expect uh, the cryptocurrency's strong run to continue this year as it starts to disrupt gold as a value store. Um, But then just to conclude this article uh, with thanks to my broadband, um, a big concern to South African authorities is that the success of Bitcoin has attracted many scammers as it is an unregulated field. Can you tell us a bit more about the scamming going on? Yeah, absolutely. Scams have been around in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency for a really long time, but obviously they've also been around in traditional you know, uh, money as well. And scams come more from when people have um, a difficulty figuring out the right information. So when things like Bitcoin's price start going crazy, people develop a fear of missing out. And that fear of missing out drives them to make poor decisions that they wouldn't make if it was a different scenario, if they had the ability to become fully up to speed or figure out something at an earlier stage. And that that that, that FOMO, that fear of missing out, as we call it, often leads to big mistakes. And people are there to try and trick you and scam you when we see these massive, massive bull markets. And one was Meritrade International or MTI. They were a really big scam that came out that that was just claiming daily profits trading Bitcoin and Bitcoin being the, the term that is just on fire at the moment. Everybody wanted to jump in and they picked up like 200,000 investors and uh, then they got raided. And as soon as they got raided, there were uh, a lot of bad news and publicity came out and everyone wanted to uh, withdraw their funds. And all of a sudden, no one's funds could be withdrawn and they kind of disappeared. And now there's an ongoing legal case against MTI and it's founded that's disappeared to somewhere in Brazil. And yeah, no, sure. these scams are definitely apparent and they pry on people who don't have the right information or lack the ability to learn fast enough and still you know do what they want to do which is come into the market and earn some money can you say anything else you want to add uh, with regards to uh, bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency yeah absolutely now one of the things that is very interesting is there's been a lot of funds that have lost in crypto because when you when you start exploring cryptocurrency the first thing that you'll realize is this is very different from your traditional banking infrastructure that you would usually see you know we're used to having account numbers and branch codes and swift numbers and all that sort of stuff and here in crypto we only have wallet addresses and certain wallet addresses and certain wallets only work for certain cryptocurrencies so it can be very confusing for beginners to kind of get their head around you know how the wallets work how everything works and how to keep everything completely safe so of the current 18.5 million bitcoin that are in circulation around 20 percent worth 140 billion may or may not be lost or stranded in wallets across the internet so that's just money that's just dormant it'll probably be dormant forever the people that 
created those wallets, lost access, and oh, those man. funds have since disappeared. It's a it's a very real thing. And when you create a Bitcoin wallet, especially in the early days, you were given something called a private key, and and it really was private. And you keep it private. And when you go online, you literally just use that private key to access your wallet. So if ever you lost that private key, you know the wallet exists, but you have no way to to authorize your ownership of that wallet. And it's gone. It, it's an access will never be found. So what's really important here that I wanted to add is 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 a few ways that you can keep your crypto safe. You know that you can that you yeah. can avoid that happening. Because all that happens is to the people that lose their private keys or don't take the right precautions, it just comes from lack of of prior knowledge. Yeah. Back in 2017, I went and stayed in an Airbnb. And unfortunately, that Airbnb got loot sacked, and I lost a bunch of my my wallets. And the funny thing was, when when it got robbed, I had my private key stored in some notebooks, and I never thought I'd be away from my notebooks. No one would steal my notebook. Mm. It was just it just so happened that that notebook was in a bag when it got taken, and that will never be found. You know, those the people that took it will not know what it is. You know, yeah. they disregard it. So that money is gone forever, and it be, and it and it, and it disappeared because I didn't take the right precautions, or I didn't foresee what might happen later on. So you always got to take precautions. So the first thing is obviously do your homework, especially when it comes to scammers and things like that. A lot of the time they're just taking advantage of you not knowing the full story. So going out and getting the full scope before you go and you do something is going to be to your best interest. The second, the second thing is store your coins in something called a cold wallet or a hardware wallet. And uh, when you go and you buy cryptocurrency first time, we see a lot of it happening digitally on a software, on software, on your phone, on your computer, on your browser. And digital information is secure until it's not, or it's safe until the computer crashes. So we like to go and get ourselves something called a hardware wallet or a cold wallet. And you can buy it. There's Trezor, there's Ledger, there's a few different companies that you can go buy directly from their website. It'll get couriered to you. Everything's safe, and you have a hardware wallet that you can store your funds onto and that's going to avoid you losing software that's going to avoid you losing your phone and losing the wallet that's associated to your phone and a whole list of issues so if you're serious about it it costs about 100 to 200 dollars or a thousand to three thousand rand depending on the on the hardware wallet that you get and you can store hundreds of thousands if not millions or billions of rands worth of money on it so it really is useful to invest in one of those The next thing, don't keep all your cryptocurrency in the same place, right? It, it kind of goes without saying, but it does happen. If if you go and you put all your money onto your hardware wallet and you lose your hardware wallet, it's going to be a really hard time, you know, trying to to trying to track down access to that if you didn't pre prepare. There is ways to access your wallet if you lose your hardware wallet, but if you don't know about that or you don't look at it or you don't read the manual fully right in the beginning and you don't prepare for that kind of offline access. I mean, online access, remote access, you're going to be in trouble, you know? So don't keep all your crypto in one place. Have it, if you can afford it, buy a few hardware wallets. Um, keep a portion of your funds in more secure wallets like Luno's Exchange. Luno doesn't rely on you knowing your own private key. They rely on you being you when you access your account. So they have a lot of security there to make sure that you are who you say you are um, when you're trying to move your funds and there's precautions that you can put in place. 
So look out for exchanges like that and don't keep all your money in there. Just keep a portion of it. Be safe. When I lost a bunch of my wallets, it was my Luna wallet that saved me because I, I had, could access it in a different fashion. So back up your cryptocurrency private keys. So that that's a, 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 a multiple letters and numbers. Your wallet, your private key is basically a bunch of letters and numbers, about 14 to 18 of them. I don't remember right now. But those letters and numbers, it's very important that you don't um, save them on your computer or on a Word document or a Google Excel sheet or anything. Keep that information written on a piece of paper. Take that piece of paper and put it somewhere where you can always come back to finding it if you're going to go the software route. Use strong passwords. So on some wallets, you'll see with your hardware wallet and some software wallets, you're actually able to put a pin on top of that. If money is trying to be moved out of that wallet, they will have to enter in a pin before that money is authorized to move. So you can set up that pin and obviously don't lose that pin. And use trusted wallets, read about your wallets, go in detail, look for people talking about the wallet that you're looking into and being scammed by that wallet or losing access to that wallet or horror stories. Look for the horror stories because they're gonna prepare you. And finally, probably the most known thing, but it's done often, is don't talk about your investments, right? Um, Bitcoin is a known term, and if you're out to dinner somewhere and you're talking about how much Bitcoin you have on your hardware wallet and you're waving it around and you've got your phone, you're waving it around, it just takes one person to catch on to what you're saying to figure it out. And it might not sound crazy, but if you may have, might be sitting in a coffee shop or something and, and someone across the table is from you is talking about a hundred or a thousand Bitcoins that he owns, you're talking about multi-billion rand you know it's upwards of billions and you you're just you know just waving that information around it's yeah. crazy you know but it ha- it happens it's easy to run into that type of money especially because no one really knows this and some people that do but back in 2010 2011 they were giving away bitcoins you could go to a website and just for being on the website they would pay you in bitcoins because it was so valueless at the time they were giving tens and fifties of bitcoin damn you know i missed it you know you missed it yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know people do find themselves in a lot of money in crypto sometimes and just the gold rule don't talk about it don't go bragging about it just you know keep your investments to yourself and report it um accordingly for with SARS and things like that but you know you don't need to go tell your whole um your whole club about how much bitcoins you have that totally makes sense okay i mean that's such a valuable thing so just uh, be careful hey eh? you, you just never know but um i just want to jump back to in in closing just want to b- jump back to uh, social media and uh, uh, south african social media law specialist and founder of the digital law company we spoke about it as well last week emma sadler or sadler has uh, issued a warning regarding telegram's groups nearby feature And what she's saying is, urgent, urgent, if your child has downloaded Telegram, please, urgently, make sure the location is turned off and that they cannot turn it back on. Because there's a people nearby feature which allows you to see nearby groups without joining. And these groups have the most horrific pornography, etc. 
So, yeah, switch it off. Switch off your location. Are you aware of this, Kane? Of the Explore Nearby groups. And there is ways to spoof you know, your location to Telegram. So, yeah. If you're if you're if you're actively doing what a what a child would do on a phone, which is explore, 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 they're going to if they're going to come across that feature, they're going to find some groups, and those groups might be good, they might be bad. You just never know. They're they're completely uncensored, you know, groups in the sense in essence they're private. So uh, there is ways to turn those settings off within the Telegram app. It doesn't necessarily have to be off on the phone, although it's weird to walk around with your location on on your phone at all it times. It is. It is. But there is a there is a definitely a way to just turn off um, location access for Telegram in the settings, whether it's Android or iOS. Yeah, and also, is it not uh, true that if you walk around with your location on all the time, it takes more battery? Oh, definitely, definitely. You're uh-huh. you're in. Um, you know, your, your phone's becoming a Garmin for the day. Yeah, a Garmin. <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. You know, Emma actually spoke to uh, 702 and Cape Talk. And in the interview, she said that uh, she it's an example. Uh, she pointed out uh, one of the groups that she picked up in her area, which contained very disturbing pornography or pornographic images. She picked up a group called Sluts of Randberg. <laughs> She's... And she said uh, that uh, she saw some horrific things. Uh, She could see it even without joining the group. So can you imagine if a poor kid comes across uh, sluts of Randberg? So no, please switch it off. Yeah, don't use that feature if you're not. I don't even know really what the point in that feature is. You know, what is even the point of? If you're at something like a conference and 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 different. at the conference have groups that feature becomes versatile it's usable it makes sense you know um but in what other in you know in what other environment does that functionality even you know even make sense yeah i wonder apparently um they're not going to fix it uh, they're not seeing it as a vulnerability he noted uh, somebody at telegram in this interview said that Fixing the vulnerability is technically easy. However, Telegram has uh, told uh, um, the media that it won't be fixing the issue and it's not covered by its bug bounty program. Hmm. Interesting. Sure. Wow. Eh? Taking a stern, taking a stern foothold there. You know what? What we've seen now from WhatsApp is the consumer is really in control. And if we're, if you're unhappy about. Um, you know certain features or certain loopholes that that companies have put in place in order maybe to ascertain gps data or whatever their priority is in 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 maintaining that stance your best bet is just move to the next one you know because there is always going to be a demand for a solution and uh, your solution is out there you know signal is definitely a doable alternative albeit new and at times a little bit clunky because it's new Signal's a great alternative and, uh, you know, you can use Signal or you could use Telegram or you could use WhatsApp. If you can use one, you can use them all. They're all very similar. But just go with the one that makes you feel the most comfortable because inevitably the power is in the consumer's hand. We can choose what we use. 
choose what we use, we can choose what we eat, we can choose where we go and all that kind of stuff, what we watch, what we listen to, so choose what you use when it comes to social media as well. Kane, um, I want to ask you a dumb question. Um, is BBM still in existence? <laughs> what a good question that is. is it BBM a good, was... Is it a good question? Network. Yeah, I'm going to try to find out. I mean, I, don't even, I haven't even asked myself about that. I think they shut down BBM at some time. That's BBM messing We can literally hear him typing. About yeah. As of 31 May 2019, BBM ceased to exist. Oh, okay. How interesting. Shame, man. RIP BBM. So yeah, they ran out of juice. BBM is still, I mean, BlackBerry actually, I think they went into security um, to, uh, uh, security equipment, uh, especially for military and things like that. I think that's where they, their main income is derived from now. I think they've moved away from, from the phones and things like that. They were the first phone company with satellite internet. I think that's what um, uh, they uncapped. Remember back when you had into BBM, you had uncapped data? Yeah. And yet, when you have to have um, some setting turned on, they had their own satellite network. That's so BBM actually, you know, better suited for private enterprise. Maybe I didn't. I personally loved their phones in the beginning, but I would never go back to it in a single heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got a, a BBM, a white one, and um, it still works. But it, it, you can just see it doesn't want to live anymore. It just keeps switching off eventually. It's, it's, it's just. <laughs> You can see that it, it knows it shouldn't be in 2020 or 2021. Shame, man. If it could, it would turn itself off. But, um, you know, they kind of tried to make BBM or, or Blackberries. Uh, they tried to, like, give it a comeback. Um, I know that MTN also, uh, at one stage, it wasn't last year, maybe the year before, maybe even the year before that, they still had the BBMs, ugh, Blackberries in their actual um, catalogs, you know, where you can page through all the phones oh, uh, wow. when you're upgrading. Like, but they were nice. They were bigger, almost like Samsung, but not quite. There was still that BBM Blackberry vibe to it, and people just weren't biting. You know, they thought, hey, let's make a comeback. But it just sadly didn't work for them because obviously, I mean, hello, Samsung and Apple. I mean, what can you do? When, yeah, I, I fully agree. I mean, when Huawei, Huawei, yeah, when Huawei, Huawei came, came along, into, and it took me two years to say the name. <laughs> <laughs> when they came along, and um, they they made money and they got market share because they had such a good cheap alternative and performed like a machine. And uh, the reality, I think, of of the of the smartphone industry is if you're not coming to market with something new or innovative or you know um solves a real life problem that is not solved already by basic phones you can't you can't break the market because it's just it's it's saturated by apple and samsung and mm-hmm. huawei now so it's very difficult to break that market. i mean even motorola i mean i think motorola made the first smartphone and they were just they're just nowhere yeah you know? i had a motorola it was a flip phone yeah, those were the bomb back in the day. You weren't you weren't proper until you had one of those. Dude, my Motorola had a mirror on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
least I try to be innovative. Jeez, man. I'm telling you, those were the good days, but yeah, I wouldn't want one of those phones anymore. I think Motorola developed the first smartphone, the first flip phone, and the first phone that could flip that was a screen. Ooh, like wow. the, the whole thing is a screen. And now that's also quite a popular phone. I think some of Samsung's uh, models actually are flip. They flip, but they're fully, you know, there's a screen on the front and the back, I think. It's quite interesting. Do you still remember the uh, Motorola ads on TV? No, oh, barely, hey. Let me refresh your memory. Hello, Moto. Oh, my word. <laughs> Does oh, it ring God, a bell? I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, man, that, was, that was funny. I remember that. But they, they also stepped out of the market for a bit now. Now it's just yeah. the majority, the three kingdoms. Yeah, but I must say, we all underestimated Huawei. We didn't think they would have such a big impact, especially in South Africa. But what really screwed them over was that whole thing uh, they had with Google. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But that's that's classic, you know, big big corp manipulation to keep the little guy out of out of bounds, you know. That's it. And uh, for for Huawei, I mean, they were well prepared. Well, at least they made it sound like they were well prepared because they claimed that they had their own um, operating system already in development, which would be similar to Android and uh, iOS. And you would say, oh no, that's fantastic. But the reality of the situation is Apple isn't necessarily all of the apps that are on Apple and Android isn't necessarily all of the apps that are on Android. There's groups of developers and developer teams and companies that are building the apps that make Google what it is and and, and make Android what it is, you know, mm. and make um, iOS what it is. And without those people, it's not the same. So if you have a new operating system, but you have no developers to on your operating system you don't necessarily have an operating system because it's 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 non-modular that's it so yeah no there's definitely a definite difficulty with that but i think even huawei i read somewhere that they're actually creating quite significant incentives to try and attract mm. developers to work on their operating system and for a young and coming developer like if you're someone in the audience and you're an up-and-coming developer that's where you want to be developing um because that's that's going to give you a, a nice um industry or area to to really grow in that's not heavily competed in it could really be a good place to start also you're developing a, an expertise in a field that is might grow exponentially if, if huawei does what it did to the mobile phone to its operating system like you could it could be you know it could be your iot moment so yeah no definitely a, an opportunity for developers and something to be wary about for someone who's buying a, a huawei phone powered by a huawei operating system you got to say <laughs> you know, how much software is currently there sure that's uh, that's brilliant uh, really really good wisdom that you're sharing there with us and it was as always uh, an absolute pleasure having you on e-radio with your uh, fountain of knowledge but just before you go kane um tell us uh, about your return to youtube Right, so yeah, I've had um, I had I created a YouTube persona back in the day. It was called Broken, yeah, and I created a lot of videos there, and that that's what initially got me, you know, getting into video videography and and you know design and all the stuff that kind of drives my day to day today. But yeah, we decided that we're going to be booting it back up, and we're going to be you know 
going back live with Brocane and it could be a lot of fun. And uh, I think people will really enjoy it and it's just a place to come learn some info about crypto or have some fun doing one of our fun videos, you know, where we go and do something exciting or try something new. I think uh, I think it's it's a good place just for some, some info and some humor, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Will it uh, still be under the name Brocane on YouTube? Yeah, we can't do away with that. That's a little gem. I think we're Good. keeping that one. Good. I was going to say now. If you go no. to YouTube and Brocane, you'll find me. Brocane. That's B-R-O-K-A-I-N-E. One word. One word. One word, boy. One word. Um, Kane, thank you so much uh, <laughs> once again. It was nice having you on the show. And uh, yeah, as I said, uh, uh, sharing your, your knowledge and your, your wisdom with us here. Your, your fountain of uh, uh, technological wisdom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. And thanks, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it was very it was a lot of fun last week. And uh, this week again, even better. I think uh, I think I'm really looking forward to next week. I'm also looking forward to it. And now I don't know if you'll remind me because nowadays my brain is like a tornado with all the stuff that's going on in there and all the information <laughs> and stuff I have to remember. But I want you to remind me before we chat again next time um, that we must talk about spam callers for some reason because I don't know what's happening or if somebody sold my cell phone number to all these bots and and people but spam calling has been and i see i actually saw an article saying it's been increasing that was last year but something's happening now uh, i don't know about you but i have to frequently block numbers and then when i block these spam calling numbers uh, you know obviously identified by a true caller they just keep calling back with a new number <laughs> they are pesky in that way they are pesky and it will be very interesting to talk about next week for sure I mean one word of advice is these companies if they do have a list they they write down whether you answer or what you say when you answer so if you have a spam caller and you feel like it's a spam caller just answer and just stay very quiet um, maybe next because week write it down that it's a deadline <laughs> and you might get get out of the spam okay. calling loop. okay next week you can give us some tips on what to do we can look at some funny tips as well on stuff you can do maybe you know, mm, no, pretending you're true. deaf or whatever but um, yeah I think that could actually be quite a lot of fun I should have fun instead of ignoring the calls I should answer them man yeah I'm gonna do that yeah, and I then I'll give you feedback make a game, a game. It. yeah it's hot when you're busy though <laughs> but we can try you know what I would do? What I would do if a spam caller calls you, answer it like you called them. Just see what happens. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's almost like a prank call, but you're not paying for it. I can do with that. That sounds yeah. good. I like that. But yeah, we'll talk about True Caller and all that jazz next week. And also, where are they getting our numbers? We must find out and uh, see, uh, you know, how that works and what is the actual plan behind it. Anyway, Kane, uh, so that's it. Looking forward to next week. Yes, indeed. See you then, Jan. Get the E-Radio SA app right now for free on the Google Play Store. Entertainment Radio on the go.